international book writing expert, author and life coach. And I'm so excited to have Angie Halliwell from Singapore with me. Angie is a career mastery and success specialist who over the last 16 plus years has worked with some of the world's biggest brands such as Mediacom, National Geographic, or Fox in a variety of talent development roles. After spending years mastering the impact of behavior on human potential and personally experiencing some of the high-pressure challenges ambitious professionals face, Angie discovered that self-mastery was the key to achieving natural success. She has worked with professionals to achieve promotions, attract dream jobs, find their calling, set up businesses, win industry awards, and most importantly, find career fulfillment. As Singapore's top 19 career coach, Angie now runs an international coaching and mentoring academy to supercharge careers. So I'm so excited to have Angie here. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for the warm welcome. Good to be here. So shall we jump right into your story? What has been the turning moments in your life, Angie? Oof. There's, <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure we have long enough for all of them, but there was definitely one period of time that I really, really felt like there was so many things telling me that I needed to change things that I just had to pay attention. You know, sometimes life comes along and it gives you a little mild tap on the shoulder to try and grab your attention. Well, that had happened a few times and now life was throwing some boulders at me to try and, you know, grab my attention. Say, hey, girl. You're not doing what you should be doing. There's uh, there's something else out there for you. But, you know, at the time you get so wrapped up, don't you, in um, in working life that you don't always sort of spot the signs. You kind of have a sense, but then the next email comes in, the next deadline comes in, the next, you know, uh, management meeting gets popped in your diary and you get so distracted by life. And, you know, at that point in time, uh, from the outside looking in, I had a very successful career. I'd work my way like a good girl. I'd work my way up the ladder, have my education, have my good career, have my marriage, had a nice house, had a nice car. So I had that cookie cutter lifestyle, right? But I always felt that there was something that wasn't quite aligned in what I was doing. Like I, I was in um, talent acquisition and talent development for, for more than a decade, you know, by, by this point. And I just felt like something was off. And I was in a very toxic environment at the time. I had a very challenging relationship with my boss. Um, there was a lot of friction within the, within the team, within the environment. And it was really taking its toll on my mental health. It was taking its toll on my emotional health. And of course, you know, working in London, which at the time I was, uh, I was also working extraordinarily long hours because that's just the way it is when you have a high flying career in London. So all in all, um, life was just not fun anymore. There was no there was no pleasure in that. It was just I was just exhausted. Uh, we were trying to conceive at the time and we weren't having any joy. And uh, honestly, I'm not surprised looking back now that we didn't have any joy in that. 
because my body must have been holding so much stress and mm. so much tension. And even still, I didn't really do too much to change things, even at that point. And the one thing that really, they say things happen in threes, right? The third thing that came along that just made me go, do you know what? This, this is just not worth it anymore, is when my dad got diagnosed with cancer. You know, when something like that hits the family, you sit up and you pay attention. Because there's a part of you that's like, crikey, how close does it have to get before I start making changes, before I start doing something that's more aligned to who I am, the person that I'm meant to be out there in the world? And uh, rather than just bumbling along in a world that's not really where you belong, but you do it because you've kind of been taught that that's what you do, but you're miserable and you know you're miserable. So that was the real turning point for me. I just, um, I remember um, I actually gave my job up because I, someone needed to look after my father. Um, my, my mother couldn't take any more time off work. My sister couldn't take any more time off work. They were both self-employed. So that was really important for them to still have some income coming in. And I was like, you know what? I'm just, I'm done with this. So I gave up my job and I just took care of my, my father, taking him to and from all his hospital appointments. And I remember there was one day that um, he was so ill from all of the chemo, from all of the, the medications that were just being pumped through his body, that he didn't even want to get into the car. Like, he didn't feel that he could actually hold it together. He felt very nauseous. He was worried that, you know, whilst we're on the motorway, we would need to stop the car and it would be really difficult. But anyway, I persuaded him to get in the car and that he needed to go. And the best place for him was the hospital and not being at home with me. And uh, he was so ill that they actually just kept him in. Um, they kept him in at that point and he ended up being there for about another couple of months and uh, the day that day where he was admitted I, I just kind of left that hospital kind of relieved that he was in the best place but also very aware that I've just left a ward I just left a cancer ward I've left a cancer ward of people that are really sick they would love to swap places with me they would love to be walking out of that ward with their health. And the, only, and the only trouble that they have is that they feel like they're overworked and they're underpaid and all of these things were in my control, but they couldn't control their situation anymore. It had gone beyond that. And I just remember saying to myself that I had so much opportunity ahead of me, so much time ahead of me that I needed to not waste it. I didn't want to waste another day in the poor me mentality my life is so miserable and actually just see the opportunity that, that lied ahead for me. And I just made a promise to myself that day that I would, I didn't know how I was going to do it, but I just made a promise to myself that day that no matter what, I'm just going to live my life to the fullest. I'm going to find whatever lights me up. I'm going to, I'm going to live. Um, I'm going to live to its fullest potential. And where did you start? Which were the first steps you took along this way? Yeah, it's funny when you make a commitment to yourself like that, isn't it funny that you then start to 
um, see things, you start to meet the right people, like suddenly you're like, oh, hang on a minute, I was just thinking about I needed to change stuff in my life. And then so-and-so popped into uh, in, in, into your life. And uh, we had a, a new guy that started at work and he he actually ran a um, an inspirational, I guess it was a bit like a TED talk kind of thing, but I don't think TED was really big back then. And not yet anyway. And it was a bit like that. It was like a 10 minute, uh, a series of 10 minute talks um, of people and their life stories. And uh, he was like, oh, you should come along. You should come and check it out. So I went along to it. It was a really awesome night. It was great to see what he was up to. Very, very positive guy. Very um, great character. Very, very magnetic, you know, in, in positivity and just a nice guy to be around. So I wanted to go and check it out. And one of the people that was speaking was actually um, a personal development mentor uh, called Ryan Pinnock. This is back in the, in the UK. And he was talking about something very similar to what I was experiencing. And uh, I was like, I need to work with this guy. I need, I need to, I need to like grab this guy as soon as he gets off stage. <laughs> I need him to help me. <laughs> so I started, um, I guess, from a, a coincidental meeting with somebody that was going to really be very crucial to my own personal development of being able to create enough awareness for me to start making some bold and brave changes that needed to be, let's face it, that needed to happen um, in, in my life. What kind That's of changes, started. sorry, what kind of changes did you do? Do you remember? It's funny steps? because when it's, yeah, it, it always is, isn't it? Like with personal development, it's, it's very internal. In fact, it's going to be internal first before you see something external. I know we're so used to like wanting to change things out there. Like if we don't like our job, then we go and find a new one. And yes, that makes sense. But are you just moving from one fire into another? Have you really, have you really identified and addressed what it is that you didn't like about this one so that you know that it's not going to be the same when you jump into this next one? So we're, we're very good at fixing the external, but of course, personal development focuses you on the internal first. So I think there was a lot of um, just self-awareness that started to be heightened around perhaps some of the um, some of the behaviors and the mindset that I had that were actually creating the situation that I was in. It wasn't. Um, yeah, okay. There was like a societal um, cookie cutter approach that we all are taught in the way that to have a successful life. Yeah, for sure, that was happening. But I can't blame that. I couldn't blame that. You know, we all have our own awareness and our own decisions that choices that we can make, right? It doesn't have to be that way. And it's our responsibility to work against that if we don't feel it's for us. So I started to just increase my awareness, understand more about who I was, understand what it is that um, fed me on a deeper level, like particularly professionally, because I did feel very lost professionally. I've always been very career driven. I've always been very fiercely independent and ambitious when it, when it comes to my, my career. So I really wanted to, and I really believed that there was a career path out there that I hadn't quite found yet that was more suited to me. And I just was very focused on that. And, and through personal development, it really helped me understand what that path looked like so that I could then, you know, take steps to go to go down it. And I think, you know, that kind of journey, like it's not an overnight thing. You can't go to a two-day workshop 
and expect to, for that to happen, right? It's something that has to evolve. <laughs> you know, weekend workshops are awesome and you will get something out of them, but this is kind of a little bit of a longer term thing, right? And um, I think it probably took me about, um, probably about 18 months of, you know, doing some work on myself, of being coached, being mentored, for me to then go, oh, do you know what? This is what I'm going to do. This is my plan. And then I started to take some more concrete steps, you know, in, 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 in actually changing things um, on a bigger scale once those kind of little tiny shifts internally had happened. Hmm. Yeah. Did you start journaling or meditating or did you do more physical work? I mean, working yeah, there was, physically um, on you? Yeah, I didn't. Um, the, the kind of work that I was I was uh, learning with Ryan was just being present that that's, that's essentially what he was teaching us just to be present so that we could get clarity on on what it was that uh, we really wanted and desired in life rather than all of the other white noise that 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 clouds uh, your better judgment so I think really what I was learning is how to be still how to be present um, a lot of it was through um, self-reflective exercises a little bit of meditation as well some guided meditations in there as well um, I've never really been one for journaling until later in my journey it wasn't something I was necessarily doing then but it's definitely helped me in later years because there's so much right that was going on in our heads we gotta we gotta see it <laughs> you've either got you've got to verbalize it to somebody or you need to write it down but either way you've got to get it out of your head and and, and out there into the universe somehow so that you can see it so you can understand it and you can take ownership of it so I think journaling came a little bit later in life for me but the the things that I was finding really useful in my very early stages of personal development was um, guided meditation and um, some some bespoke um, self-reflective exercises that Ryan was taking us through in the in the trainings um, which which actually uh, it's funny here you start to learn different modalities and you start to see the similarities between things like there's nothing that unique out there in the world anymore I don't think when it comes to personal development I think I think people have just sort of taken something and then kind of put their own sort of va va voom on it and kind of you know made it their version of something but there, there's a lot of similarities between you know NLP and mindfulness and I can see all of these different influences sort of coming into into what I was learning at that point in time. Um, but of course, I didn't know that at the time, being a personal development um, virgin <laughs> back back then. <laughs> and how come that you moved from London to Singapore? Oh, that was actually my husband's fault. <laughs> he, yeah, that wasn't his fault. It was, it was his doing, though. It was his job um, took us to Singapore. But we'd actually both lived in Asia before. You know, I, I don't know what it is. I have this attraction um a magnetic attraction to asia i used to live in hong kong when i was uh 19 i ran away stroke was being really brave after a breakup um after university years um, and went to went to taiwan to teach english loved it and this was the third opportunity to now come back to asia and it just felt right just felt like the right thing to do and we've been here for six years now mm, great yeah. So if someone comes to you today, Angie, what do you yeah. tell her or him when he is unfulfilled in his job mm. and all the, the stuff you experienced many yeah, years ago? Yeah. 
Yeah. It's, it's like looking into a mirror. <laughs> you know, when I'm having these conversations with people, I can, I can 100% empathize with how they're feeling, the, the, the place in their life that they, they now stand. And there can be a real hopelessness to it, you know, just like not knowing what to do. I, I attract very self-aware people anyway. That's just naturally who gravitates towards me. So it's not that they don't know that they have a problem that, that needs to be changed. And they do to some extent understand, you know, what, what, what is causing that problem, but they don't know how to get out of it. They haven't got the tools. They haven't got the techniques. They haven't got the strategies to be able to apply to, um, to empower themselves to step out of the situation that they find themselves in. So I think the first thing that I do when I am looking in that mirror of you know, me seven years ago is uh, I, I, there's, a deep, there's a very deep connection and, or, and, and empathy that I'm able to display, you know, because I really, really have been there, really have lived it, really have breathed it. But I also think it's really important that it's great if you can share an experience with somebody because you've been through it, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you can get somebody else through it. Yeah, that's not necessarily always the case, right? But fortunately, as part of my genius, as part of my gifts and talents, figuring out what people should really be doing in their careers is part of mine. I guess my background was kind of pointing me towards that without me quite identifying that I think the second thing that I just um, say to people is that there is there's two things that are kind of needed to get out of that that space one is absolutely mindset you know being able to rise above all of the self-doubt all of the not knowing all of the confusion, all of that stuff that the ego is just throwing at you to try and keep you where you are. And it does it very successfully, right? It's really good at doing that. But becoming aware of when that is happening and being able to push through it. So the mindset part is really important. And although I, I, I 100% believe that mindset is absolutely crucial for any journey of change that's got to be in place, there is also some tactical stuff that also needs to be there. You know, there, there has to be, I guess it's a bit like the yin and the yang, isn't it? <laughs> See, Hello. I have this thing about Asia. <laughs> <laughs> but it, they kind of complement each other. There's these two things that kind of complement each other. And uh, yes, there's the internal, there's the, the mindset of being able to kind of let go of old ways of thinking that haven't, that's got them to this point but they're not going to get into the next point and just sort of upgrade that side, but also having a strategy, having a plan, having some tools and techniques that can actually help navigate and direct them to go off and implement. Yeah. And you can't have one without the other because let's say, um, oh yeah, I work with a lady who um, didn't believe that she had any talents, which is, which is normal. You know, people are like, Oh, I don't know if I have a talent. I don't know if I have a genius. I'm like, yeah, We'll figure that out. Don't worry. Don't worry. Let's not get too stuck on that. And uh, anyhow, she just been made. She was just retrenched from her from her job. This is last year, just when COVID uh, started. And um, we started to look at what her genius was, what her strengths were, what her skills were. And it turns out that she had this thing 
it was just this thing at the back of her mind about working with flowers. She wanted to arrange flowers. But that was like a world away from anything she'd ever done professionally. That was a world away from what her parents wanted her to do in her career. It wasn't a lawyer. It wasn't an accountant. It wasn't a dentist. It wasn't a doctor. And she was just like, but there's no money in that, Angie. I was like, oh, really? No money, huh? And uh, she went off and explored it, as I encouraged her to to do. And um, she started to sell her flowers just for cost price and donated the proceeds to charity. And they would get snapped up. She would post them online on an expat forum here in Singapore, and they would get snapped up. And I was like, if people didn't think they were nice, they wouldn't buy them. Like the market's not kind like that. It's just not going to buy them. And uh, anyway, she started to get more confidence. She started to get more self-belief. Like there has to be some tangible action and tangible results that you get as well as strengthening your mindset because they go hand in hand, don't they? And within four months, she had set up her online florist. She was working three days a week and she had matched the base salary that she was earning in her full-time job, the one that she got maybe retrenched from, right? So all because, beautiful. exactly, all because she found what it was that really lit her up, what she was really naturally gifted to go off and do. And she had the bravery and the mindset to do it as well as the tactics to go off and do it. Mm. Mm. Both are needed. Do you have similar stories? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not always setting up business because that's not always for everybody, right? People um, have different ambitions. Maybe maybe people want to be a freelancer and they want to maybe have a little bit more uh, independence in working on different projects and be more of a consultant. That's generally what kind of happens in the, in the latter years of working life in terms of desire. But it doesn't have to be that you want to be a, a business owner. You know, there was a... There was a there was a lady that works in procurement and she, she'd also just been made retrenched, actually. That was uh, it's not always the way that people are made retrenched when they come to me, but it is, of course, something that's been happening over the last 18 months. And she worked for, in a very senior role in, uh, in procurement and she she had always been the breadwinner of the family. And she got to a point in her career where she was a director. She had shares in the company. It was a tech company. And she just got to a point and she was just like, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. Like, it was just like one day she kind of woke up and went, I just don't know if I want to continue doing this for the next 10 years, the next 15 years, you know, I kind of feel like I've had a really good run and maybe it's just time to kind of hang up these shoes, right? And just try on a different pair. And um, we worked with each other to cut, just to explore a little bit, right? Around, well, what could she do next? Because there's the very rational explanation, isn't there? Well, I've done this and I can manage people and I've worked in procurement. And that would naturally lead people into that kind of path, like something that was probably not too dissimilar. But actually, when we started to pull all the pieces together, not just what, what was very rational, but also what she just desired, you know, some of the natural gifts and talents that hadn't necessarily fully emerged um, out there, you know, in what she was doing professionally, but obviously were present elsewhere in her life, you know. And when we started to pull those together, it seemed really obvious that she wanted to install um, life skills in young girls so that when they enter the workforce, 
they don't have this glass ceiling mentality when they leave school, leave education and join the workplace. Because if they don't have that glass ceiling mentality, then there is no glass ceiling, right? Then it's so much easier for them to be able to rise the ranks and not hold themselves and hold themselves back in any way. And she decided that the best way for her to do this, because she loves sport and she loves, um, she likes uh, the team environment, is that she became, she retrained as a football coach, um, training uh, young girls, so youth teams, sp specifically girls, and she took them to championships, they were, they were winning, and it was her way of installing life skills to prepare them for the future. Because she had, she had a young girl that was just leaving primary school one day that was going to be her right so it just meant something to her there was something very authentic and really resonated with her with uh, with that with that type of work very different from procurement very different right but it was the right thing for her to go off and do next brilliant angie yeah if someone wants to work on his own just for starting to change something in, in mm. her life, what would you recommend to do? Yeah. You know, it's um, change is like, it's one of the hardest and the most simplest things to do. <laughs> it's, it's, it's really, you know, there's one side of you that's like, oh, this would be amazing if I did this. This would be amazing if I could, um, I could get a leadership role. This would be amazing if I could do something that I love doing, it would be amazing if I could set up a successful business. There's always that like heart's desire. It's like, oh, wouldn't it be amazing? And there's an excitement, isn't there, around that. But then there's always this other side. It's like, oh yeah, but it's going to be really hard. Now's not the right time to do that. Well, do you have enough money? What if you fail? And then this other side starts to kick in. And it really is a battle of will between those two sides of us? Do we listen to our authentic side? Do we listen to our heart? Do we follow what we really want to, what we're naturally gravitating towards? And we know will bring immense joy, you know, if we, if we pursued it and we were successful at it. But there's this other side that really is a dampener to all of that. You know, it's uh, that fire in our belly that we get. It's like it comes along with a big watering can and it just wants to put out that fire so that we don't do anything. And the, the, I think there's a, there's a question that I think is a very powerful thing to ask yourself, you know, not just like a pie in the sky thing. Sometimes we say we want stuff um, like, oh, well, I want to, I don't want to work. I just want to, I want to marry a rich man. Now that's like probably just a backhanded, joking comment because you think life will be easier but it's not really what you want to do right it's not why you've been put on this earth <laughs> there is some gifts and talents and reason why you're on this earth right <laughs> so maybe you just want to be doing something that lights you up and that you're going to be successful at it maybe that's the ambition but you just don't believe it's true right but I always say that if why don't you just ask yourself if I could only be successful yeah, if I could, success is the only outcome here. If I could only be successful, what would I love to be doing? And the answer is, is going to be something from your intuition. Isn't it? It's going to be something from your essence, from your authenticity, from your soul, whatever you want to label this thing as. Maybe, you, maybe it channels down from a higher purpose if that's what you believe. But whatever we call it, 
we, we know it to be our inner voice. We know it to be our inner knowing. And we can never go wrong if we listen to our inner knowing. So I think for people that are really thinking about change, it's, it's, it's a master in the art of listening to your inner knowing. And you can start by asking yourself, if I could only be successful, would I do this? And if your inner voice tells you what to do, that you're afraid, what would you recommend? <laughs> but it's okay to be afraid, right? It's okay to be afraid, but, but stick to what you know to be true. If it's something you actually want, then pursue it. What do you have to lose? Because in not taking action, you've actually already failed. It's just that nobody else knows about it. So we're just kidding ourselves really, right? Oh, I'm worried about failing. It's just like, if you want to do something, you're not, take, you're not bold enough to take action on it. You've actually already failed because you haven't started. But just start with one small thing. The, the way to push through fear is to just get started with one small piece of the puzzle. If you want to switch careers, but you don't know what you want to do, then just start Googling stuff. Start watching some YouTube videos, start reading some books about it. It just starts to one thing leads to another. Connections are made and it will lead you further down a path that you were perhaps a little bit too scared to start walking on. But if you take it just one tiny step at a time, then it becomes a little bit more manageable. It's more palatable. It's just easier, right? It's like, oh yeah, I could read a book. Oh yeah, I could do a Google search. Like those things, they're not scary. <laughs> but it would get you closer. Wow, great, Angie. Where can people reach you? So the best thing to do is check out my, my website, which is uh, naturalgeniusacademy.com. You can check out a little bit more of what I do on there. And if people are thinking of uh, a career change and needing some career guidance, then uh, there may be an opportunity for us to have a, a complimentary uh, strategy call. Uh, and you'll see that on the website as, as well. Um, but that's the best place to, uh, uh, to, to find me. Um, and the second place, if you're active on LinkedIn, then I, then I am very active on LinkedIn as well. So you Great. can always connect to me. I will accept all connections. <laughs> Great. One last word, Angie, for our audience. What would it be? I feel like from we, we have to share wisdom from our own experiences. That's, that's the only place it can come from, right? And I just feel that I wasted so much time knowing that I was miserable and didn't do anything about it. Whereas if I had taken action earlier and actually started to take steps to do something about it earlier, I would have had so much more time to enjoy of what I'm doing. And it's not, that's not just me, that's the same for anybody. So I think my kind of parting word to those that are listening today is that surely it's better to try things out and just have a bunch of, oh, well, at the end of your career, at the end of life, when you're retiring and in your rocking chair, thinking about how, how, what you have been doing and how you lived your life, rather than have a bunch of, oh, I wish I'd been brave enough. I wish I had done that. I would much rather not have those regrets and just have a list of, oh, wells, I tried that. 
it didn't work, but I moved on to something else rather than a whole bunch of regret and I wish because I wasn't brave enough. And I think that's uh, something that will resonate with, with, a, with a lot of people because it is fear that holds us back, isn't it, from all of these things. So next time you get scared about something, ask yourself, is this going to be an I wish later in life? I wish I'd been brave enough to do this. And if it is, you just got to suck it up and do it. You just, you just got to do something. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Angie, for sharing all your wisdom. <laughs> oh, you're so welcome. So welcome. Pleasure. <laughs>